What's up, y'all? It ain't a secret. The Bun is brought to you by Vans, the world's number one skateboarding shoe. Vans and Fucking Awesome have reunited to unveil an exclusive four-piece collection to reissue Vans throwback Epoch Pro Skate model. Designed in collaboration with Vans team rider and skateboarding icon Jason Dill, the Vans and Fucking Awesome collection has just launched at select skate shops around the world. Available in three bold colorways, including black, white, and bright blue, the Epoch 94 Pro features Fucking Awesome's distinctive brand logo embossed in repeat print across the smooth leather uppers. Y'all know we ain't tripping. We got ours on the way. Box coming to the door. Now you gotta go get yours. Available at finer skate shops around the world. Go get your hands on some of these fucking awesome vans. You feel me? You know, I ain't trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I always thought I had awesome tray flips. And now that I'm going to have these shoes on, they're going to be fucking awesome. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Yeah, y'all heard the man. Last week, the barn burned down, and this week's it's a goddamn fire in the booth. We reached the halfway point of season three. It's episode six, so you know we saved a banger for y'all. I'm D. Jones. He's the ghost. And as always, Ants One's nowhere to be found. <laughs> you too, Dono? Okay, okay, okay. I guess you want a little bit of this too, eh? My dog! What we got popping this week? Yeah, make you sound like you never hit puberty yet, bro. <laughs> Watch yourself. It's a cool thing. Hey, man. There you know. The NFL was a barn burner, but only for two teams. The other two got smacked they head. <laughs> Studio E also popped off. Got a barn burner of an interview. Mike McDermott came in. You know what I'm saying? We had to break out the machine gun. You feel me? Mans went off. It was a good time. Y'all gonna like this one. <laughs> After McD, you know we going straight to the post office. Got some emails and things. And then, yo, it's a little NFL recap and some quick notes on the NBA. You smell me? All right, before we get into the interview, y'all know what it is. Definitely like us on Facebook at The Bunt. You know, we got them videos popping, the little Ryan Lay video part. Follow us on Insta at The Bunt Live. Our Insta's popping. That's 100. <laughs> Definitely send in them emails and them audio notes to TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Account's almost full, but always room for a few. That's some real talk. And yo, definitely don't forget to hit us on iTunes. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe. Get that shit downloaded every week automatically. You know, maybe even give us a five-star rating and a little comment thing still. A little review, Donde La Bunt Life. If, we, if there's one thing we can guarantee here on The Bunt, it's some goddamn real talk, all right? <laughs> like we said this week on the show, the one and only Mike McDermott. Kids growing up on the East Coast, we didn't get to see him around too often coming up. But, you know, we saw him from afar out there in Winnipeg and Van and them Green Apple videos, those North parts, some legendary video parts. So we've definitely had our eye on trying to get him on the show for quite some time. Mike McDermott in his heyday was repping DVS, doing his thing, big part of Supra. He was their team manager for a while. Got himself a pro board on Habitat International. Now the homie's back in Winnipeg holding it down, running Green Apple Skate Shop. Let's get into the interview. Catch up with McD. You feel me? Hey, hey.
Y'all know what it is. We back in the booth, and this week we got Mike McDermott. What's really good these days, my dog? You know what's really good for me? Everything's good. Um, fucking Green Apple's good. My dogs are good. Winnipeg is not good, even though it is in the summer. It's just real cold right now. Yeah, we feel you. We feel you on that one. So uh, first question, as usual, favorite skate moment and favorite sports moment? Uh, favorite skate moment for me is honestly fucking the easiest shit ever. Uh, 1996, I fucking, first time I ever go to Vancouver in my life, I'm 16 years old. The day that I land, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go rip around downtown, have a good time. Turn the corner and... I roll up to the Potts rail, which is an infamous CIBC rail. You know, the one guy switchback tailed? Yeah. Okay, and it was the session uh, in Mouse where Costin does the nolly nose grind, nolly nose blunt, nolly front nose. Those tricks were like unheard of back then. And I rolled around the corner and I was like, holy motherfucking shit, my idols are there. Like, Keenan was there, Costin was there, Tony Ferguson was there, Rick Howard was there. Fuck, who else was there? Uh, ben Chibber <laughs> was there. <laughs> who else? Mike Carroll was there. It was the coolest shit ever. And I just rolled up to them and I was like, do you guys mind if I skateboard with you? And they were like, fuck yes. I actually asked permission and they were hyped on it. And uh, that was like, that'll never be removed from my brain. Ten years after that, when they opened the fucking plaza, it's like the skate park in Winnipeg. I guess they, they'd flown Costin down there, and they flew me down there for it, too. And then Costin's like, yo, check out the, tr- the clip of the day tomorrow. And I'm like, what's clip of the day? And then he's like, Crail Tap, just watch it. So I watch it, and it's me, 10 years ago. What? Skating with those guys. <laughs> yeah, they filmed me doing a front board in a 50. So that was it. That's my fucking most ultimate skate moment ever. Sports moment, I honestly, off the top of my dome, I don't, I'm not a sports dude. So I'm going to roll with Ben Johnson fucking score in the 100-meter dash back in the 80s, man. Okay, Favorite. big moment. That was a big one in my family. We were watching it, and we were like, yeah, this dude just fucking killed it for Canada. Yeah. The Olympics are always pretty crazy. Is that even a fucking sport, running? Uh, <laughs> track and field. I can... That's a sport. Yeah, it's a sport. I thought you were going to say when you slapped me in ping pong at a drift, but you spared me. Yeah, I thought that oh, was coming. Oh, shit. Well, I did spare you because... Uh, <laughs> I could I could just feel the anguish whenever we were talking before this interview. <laughs> Emotions were running high in a, in a drift that night. I forgot that everybody was cheering against me. <laughs> You're in my home court, Doug. Came to my city, my skate shop, and you beat me. It was a low moment in my life, yo. That is, yeah. You know what? That was a very high moment in my life. <laughs> And now that you've given me the details again, because I think, honestly, I was really drunk at that time, too, so I don't know how the fuck I schooled you. (laughs) But I did. And now that I know the details, it's going down in history. That's my favorite sports moment. Fuck Ben Johnson. (laughs) So what's cracking? You said Green Apple's good. What's good with the squad? You guys working on a video? Uh, Tell us all things Green Apple. We're trying to. It's a little different. We don't have Rye Guy in the mix anymore to make videos because he lives in your neck. And I wonder if anybody spoke to him. Mm, Crickets. Crickets, yeah. I figured we'd have some crickets there. If anybody does, you tell him I say what up and I love him. All right. And uh, that's that. 
But what was the what was the topic, anyways? The video. We're gonna make one called Gang Green. Ooh. What what a name, right? I like it. But here's the deal. I got about three tricks on film, and I think everybody else has about five tricks. So <laughs> so far, we got about sixteen tricks. <laughs> Sick. Looking forward to that one. No, it's gonna be good. I promise. I've never fucked up in my life. Maybe this is the first time. Maybe this interview is the first time. I don't know. Hey, man, it's the ADD era. All we need is 16 tricks nowadays. That's what I was going to say. It's like right on par. It's a little team montage. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the move. That's what I want to do is just make it a montage. <laughs> you guys can get in the video. You're cool enough. <laughs> All right, so speaking of Green Apple... Let's talk a little Travis Stanger, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, what's he saying these days, and uh, how crazy was it skating with him? Honestly, dude, me and that dude, like, for a while, we were, like, kind of binded to the hip. Like, we were, like, a team, in a way. Mm -hmm. Where it was, like, it was, I kind of was, like, uh, I felt like I had to lead Trav because he's he's quiet as they come. Like, I don't remember him saying much more than yes or no ever but uh that dude is one of the most gifted humans i've ever met you guys have seen it but it's just it's almost perfect the way he did it you know like break in handle biz and then just fucking break out he left his mark for sure anyone who uh grew up skating in canada knows that name oh 100 percent. a couple moments with travis that i remember probably most distinctively a story about Trav, okay, would be, do you know that trick that kind of put him right on the map? I think people call it a stanger shove. Yeah. Okay, that one was the most interesting progression on how that actually happened. Because one day, me and him, well, me and him lived together, and we lived uh, in Burnaby. And uh, there was this fucking beer store that we used to frequent called NBI. I still don't know what the NBI stands for. But uh, one day we were just going to the bus stop just to go downtown. And uh, there was, a, you know, the back of a truck. Sometimes you could skate the back of a truck. It's like low enough, the step. Yeah. So you can like slide it, tail slide it and shit. So one day he was like back, backside tail sliding it. And I was like, hey, Trev, dude, you could do that shit every time. You should try to do a frontside 180 out of a back tail. This is before like, I think Kenny Reed, you know, is ripping those. Mike Carroll's doing yeah. a frontside 180 out of uh, Smith. And he just started doing it, and I was like, oh, that was pretty fucking easy. So then I think one, one day we were at the hot spot, or it was some other ledge, and I was like, dude, you should try a front shove out of a back tail. So he just started fucking doing it, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so then the, the kid could do a kickflip tail slide, uh, backside anyways, every fucking time. I've never seen him fail on entry. You know, get into a kickflip back tail, that's like hard as fuck. For me anyways, I could never really yeah. get that one. He could do it every fucking time. So then I was like, Trav, you know what I think you need to do? I'm like, I think you need to fucking do the kickflip and the tail side. And then the front shove out of the tail side. And he was like, oh, I think I can do that. Next thing you know, we got <laughs> Pommier on the mission. He fucking hammered the shit out of it. And that was it. It was fucking history, honestly. Because everybody yeah. knows that trick as like the stanger shove now. Yeah. Transworld sequence, yo. So you're saying you're the you're the mastermind behind it? I, I helped with that big time. <laughs> I'm not trying to take cred, but here's the scoop with Trav. It's like you never know what he's thinking. He's not. He's never talking about doing a trick 
do you know, like I'm a pretty vocal guy, so I'm like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. A lot, I'd eat my words a lot, but he wouldn't eat his words. He would just not say shit and either do a trick or fucking just break like everybody's board. Because <laughs> homie had a serious temper. So you had a cover of Concrete Switch Ollie back in the day? Uh, I did, Leading up yeah. to that session, um, what did you mean when you said, yo, I'm not trying to bring sand to the beach here? Wait, hold on. Did I say that to you? No, 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 no. You didn't even know I existed in those days. Okay, so what? Okay, I don't even know. It was ba- I know baby, what that term is, and I say that sometimes. But Baby Ian Twa trying to weasel his way onto the big boy session. Oh, uh, that was when Twa was just a fucking newcomer. And you know what? Twa's the fucking raddest dude ever. But at, at the start, we were like, who the fuck is this guy? Man? I'm like, <laughs> I'm t- for some reason, it seems like Calgary is one of those cities where you're just like, okay, wait, Calgary? Okay. <laughs> Who? <laughs> so anyways, we thought of Twa like that, but he was always hilarious. So we're just like, chill out, buddy. You'll get there. <laughs> so I'm, if, if it's in reference to like him wanting to come to the session, I never want to show anybody my spots. Like I was like, don't you even fucking hang. Like nobody's coming. So that's probably what it, I mean. I didn't want Twa hanging around. Like, that's fucking it. Straight up. <laughs> There's your answer, Twa. You weren't cool enough. <laughs> You weren't cool enough at the time, Ian. I love you, though, man. You did grow into the coolness. You are officially sand, toi. Yeah, or dust in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) You're dust in the wind, toi. Keep going, though. But Twa does have a comeback. Twa wants to know where the footy is of that Switch Ollie cover, though. Oh, the footy. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so, all right. I got you. I got you. Okay, so this this is what I talk shit on me. Okay, well, you know what? That footy was never existing because it wasn't the footy annual. It was the fucking photo annual, dude. It's not like I didn't do it. Like, I probably baker makered that shit with four hands down. So I just like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't jump off shit. Never did. So I was like, hey, Palmier wanted me to jump off something. And I was like, fine, dude. I'll fucking do it. And I did, and I baker makered it, and I was like, let's go home, let's smoke some weed or get drunk, but nobody's jumping off this anymore. <laughs> I, I think somebody kick-flipped it. Spencer. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So you talked about it a little bit before. Uh, what exactly went down with uh, you and Ryan McGuigan, and how come uh, he's not going to make the next Green Apple video? You know what? It's not, nothing really happened between us. I think it was just... He was always been an intri- interesting guy. Like, he was an introvert, you know? Like, even in Winnipeg, like, when he was working at the store, nobody knew who he was because it, when he was done work, he would go home and just stay at home. So people would be like, who's that other guy that works here? So, I mean, I think he just got over it for a while. It wasn't for him because, uh, I mean, I, I have a lot of drive and I want to continue doing the store thing. And I think Ryan was just like, uh, that wasn't his world. That's somewhere he didn't want to be, so... He always kind of talked shit on skateboarding where he was like, fuck, I just want to get the hell away from it. And I think this time he's been successful because have you guys talked to him in the last little bit? Definitely haven't talked to him. I know he's been here for like a couple years and I think I, I saw him once, one time, but he wasn't out skating. He, I just ran into Yeah, he's him. elusive. Yeah. He, he's the same way everywhere he goes. Like he, he doesn't show his face, yeah. which is actually kind of the coolest thing. <laughs> like yeah. the guy has... He's got class when it comes down to his craft. It, it's just unfortunate. I really wish he was still in the mix. Yeah, we're watching some Modern Love. He's amazing at what he does. 
oh god, he's like the best to the point where everybody else is ripping off his style. His style has been mimicked uh, a lot. It's almost like nobody has another avenue where they're just like, oh shit, we got to just do this shit because it looked really cool. I know the bronze dudes ripped it, but they kind of credited Ryan for it, which is cool. But I still see a lot of styles coming out that look like that. And it's not like, I mean, maybe he didn't invent that style. I'm not sure. I feel like Alien Workshop had a big influence on him with like splicing shit in. But they did it with their own stuff, and Ryan did it with like things that were pertinent as far as like in a movie or something, like something funny that would relate to somebody's character. The one that I didn't get that was so disturbing to me was Liliani's part with all the death and destruction. I was like, I don't know if I can watch this part, but I still watch it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little intense sometimes. There's certain things that, because I would I would chill with Ryan a lot whenever he was doing the editing, and I'd be like, I don't know if you should <laughs> go that far, or like, what do you mean by this? And then he's just like, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> he had his own mandate, which I really liked. And then sometimes it's just like you just got to be like, you just can't do that. Like, don't do that. But yeah, fuck. Liliani's part was full of like legit people like dying like. Fucking machine guns and shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that related too much to Paul. <laughs> Maybe it was like what he thought of Liliani's like inner being. I think it might just be what he thinks of. <laughs> period. <laughs> Either way, though, fuck, miss the guy. I mean, if you're listening to this, Ryan, it'd be cool if you connected with one of us. And if not, that's also cool. We'll say what up if we ever see him. Could you? Yeah, that'd be nice. So you got a pro board on Habitat International Board. Uh, how much did that mean to you? And was that the cherry on top to your legendary career? Honestly, for me, I guess yeah, because I was I knew that I wasn't like I wasn't like like Mark Appleyard, you know, like he's like a real fucking pro. Like I feel like I got respect in the end. I mean, there's a story to it on how that all worked out. I guess it starts kind of like I've been I've been on Habitat for a while. I mean, this is before. Uh, let's say this is just around. I was flow for them just leading up to 2004. We we had gone to Montreal and filmed that North Two video. Ooh, amazing. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That was a fun video. Shared a part with Mitch Sharon. But then, uh, okay, so during that trip after that i was just like hey guys like what's happening like ted degro had just got on alien workshop and i was just like who the fuck made that happen because like they obviously hadn't met the guy so then ted <laughs> got on alien workshop and i'm a little chapped i'm like hey fellas i'm i've been rolling with you guys for a couple of years pretty like honorably advance me from the flow program and they're like no can do not at this moment and i was like okay well I honestly can't be hanging out on the flow thing. So what could you do for me? So they were like, you know what? We'll send you to New York. They got me a bus ticket from Montreal to New York. And they're like, you go meet up with Jason Lee and the stereo dudes. Yeah. That's another story because I got into a fucking weird little situation with Jay Lee that definitely secured me not on stereo. (laughs) Okay, we'll come back to that. Yeah, and uh, I was a little over it. So I left that trip and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be on Habitat. I'm definitely not going to be on Stereo. Uh, so what do I do? So I'm thinking, 
All right, so uh, I guess I'm on a ride for fucking local Canadian company, you know, like uh, just somebody that was in the mix I didn't know yet. A cool company out of Vancouver started around that time called Village Green. And it, it was honestly like a blessing. I was like, hey, this is actually cool. Like, I'm down. Cool, tight little team, me, Quinn Starr, and Mitch Sharon. And I was like, hey, this is where it's at. This is some money. This, this is good. Those guys wanted to keep it so cool that they didn't want to sell the boards anywhere. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. I was like, how the fuck are you going to make this work? <laughs> and they were honestly like that. They were like, no, only antisocial. And I was like, hmm. Because oh. <laughs> it wasn't like today where there's Instagram all over the place. Like, yeah. you know, if, if, you, if, if you didn't have an outlet to let somebody know, it was basically the best kept secret. Right. And that ain't cool when you're trying to promote. You know, so uh, I guess fucking that wasn't really working, even though it was like I was like, cool, I guess I'm on this Canadian company that's just going to be super cool, but nobody's going to know about it. <laughs> and then and then ha- Habitat hit me up and they were just like, Mike, I think we want to start this international thing. Would you be down to ride for it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I want to ride for it, but I'm getting old here, fellas. Like, what's the scoop? I'm like, you're going to give me a board with my name on it? And they're like, yeah, we'll make that happen. And I was like. Okay. I think at the time I was like, I don't know if I trust you guys. So I think I talked to Chris Carter and I was like, I, I wouldn't mind having an agreement, Do you know, like a contract. And he's like, yeah, we'll get you the agreement. But then I just quit, just rolled with it. And it was just like, I guess that shit ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out in the end. And then I got my board and I was like, that was actually pretty cool. Absolutely. Getting a board on Habitat was neat because it's not like a fucking, you know, it's not just some random Canadian company like, you know, I didn't start my own Canadian company and turn myself pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And if, ever, if anybody on the listening to this could see my face looking at you guys, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Habitat's a cool company, so I figured, you know what? That's an honor. You know, ride for a cool company that's going to put your name on a motherfucking skateboard. Alien Workshop, DNA. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's something that lasts forever, man. Yeah. And honestly, as soon as I got my board, I was over it. I was like, fuck this. Let's move on. <laughs> so I was over it then, and I was like, I think I'm going to start a shop. I just was, could, I could, I didn't care anymore. You know what I mean? I was just like, I like skating, but fuck this trying shit. Yeah. <laughs> so turning pro ultimately ended your, your drive. Yes. But I've been skating lately, man. I've been, I've been driven. That's like, but just to have fun, you know, yeah. not like. It seems backwards, but it makes sense when you explain it. Yeah, it is. It is backwards. It is backwards. Yeah, that's the best way to do things, though, fellas. <laughs> you got to the mountaintop, and then it was like, "All right, I'm done, son." I did it backwards, though. Yeah. Time to toboggan back down. <laughs> <laughs> I went up the mountaintop backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but with the international board thing, are they actually selling your boards internationally, or is it like you're selling your boards in Canada, but you're an international pro? Well, yeah, that's actually, it's kind of like, uh, that reminds me of why they call the baseball shit the World Series and fucking, it's only American teams and like one Canadian team Yeah, kind of situation. Like, it, it is an international, I think, uh, I think it's an international view because the team is American-based. All, all skate teams are usually American-based, other than now, you know, you'll have Polar, which is like, they need, Amer- they want some Americans on, so they get that kind of cred. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think what Habitat was trying to do is market uh, on a broader spectrum, where it's like the American dudes can touch the hometown hero, 
kind of guy right. in the U.S. They'll see him skating around. They'll see him. They recognize the spots. But, I mean, they're never coming up to Canada. But the Canadian dudes can recognize us. So I, I feel like that was a smart marketing plan where they're like, if these guys can't be in Canada and you're in Canada, well, why don't you represent Canada? And then you're, you know, you're doing your bit for your zone. These guys do their bit for their zone. There was a dude in like, uh, during my time, there was like a guy in Argentina. There was a dude in Spain. You know, they kind of had a little bit of uh, every zone. Yeah. But now it's, I think that the international team is just Kevin Lowry. Pretty international. He's the greatest guy ever. So we heard that uh, you walked in uh, on a little bit of an awkward situation one time. You know what we're talking about? With the Habitat oh, US. Guru. <laughs> Maybe. That wasn't awkward. That was just fucking funny, man. What's the story? Okay, so who did Paul tell you this? <laughs> yeah. Because this is honestly one of the, this is like one of the hardest times I've ever laughed in my fucking life. Okay, it's almost like if, like, the people listening, it's like, I'm a hand talker. You know, like, I move around, like, whenever I'm chatting, I'm, like, moving my arms around and shit. So you guys are going to have to be really attentive on how you uh, visualize this one. <laughs> okay, so at the time, this is, this is whenever I had kind of just kind of recruited Paul Liliani when I was a super team manager. Yeah. That's another, that's another story we'll get into. That's a fun one. But anyway, so uh, I think uh, I had been talking to Peter Sullivan about him, and I was like, this kid is a hit, man. Let's fucking get it. And uh, he's just like, okay, well, Mike, he's like, I mean, you need to find out if people are cool. Because Pete was, Pete was kind of an advocate of that, like not based on skill. You know, the, the personality and the respect level had to be there. So he kind of sent me off on a trip with Paul to find out if Paul was cool. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's an easy one, man. So Paul called me out like within five minutes, and I'm just like, Paul's cool, texting Peter. <laughs> so he's cool, we're going to sail on this. So we're, we're going to meet uh, Brandon Conroy and uh, Guru Khalsa, and uh, had a great time. Everybody got along. It was fucking dope. But there's one morning in particular where I, ha I walked in on Guru in his bedroom. I was, like, asking him where the fucking ketchup was or something like that, you know? And I'm like, Guru, where's the kit? And I open the door, and he's got the laptop fully open in front of him. <laughs> then I look at him. We lock eyes. Next thing you know, his hand is pulling his covers over his crotch very slowly <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm locking eyes with him. And then I'm looking down at his hand. I look back at his eyes, and I'm like, I know what you were up to, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he starts laughing. I start laughing. And it was like just a golden moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, I busted him fucking too in his business, in his bedroom. He should have had that door fucking locked or something, not just like halfway cracked. Before we go to the next question, though, we'd love to hear uh, what happened with Jason Lee in New York. Okay, Jason Lee in New York. This is a good one because, honestly, Jason Lee was my motherfucking hero. Like, I was like, wow, I'd never fucking seen anybody look so dope on a skateboard. But it's almost like, you know, you, you think the girl is hot and then she opens her mouth and you're like, somehow the looks just like 
disappear. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you the story. Okay, so I go to New York. I meet up with these guys, and I'm like, whoa, what a privilege. I'm skating with fucking Jason Lee. My homie Keegan Sauter is on the team. And I'm like, rad, I've got a fucking a homie that I can, you know, relate with and some dudes. I think Benny Fairfax is there, uh, Jason Lee, Chris Pastris, uh, Keegan Sauter, of course. Um, who was the other kind of whatever dude on that team? Oh, Clint Peterson? Clint. Yeah, great guy, but honestly, whatever. <laughs> so, like, seriously, like, didn't look good on the board. Anyways, so fucking everybody's sitting around like a pile, except Keegan Sauter. And he's skating. You know the spot where Gino does a backside 360 down the double set where everybody shit their pants? I think it was a yeah, right yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's that spot. There's like a curved bench there. Uh, Keegan's trying to front nose blunt around it. And uh, I was just like trying to be all positive, dude. So I'm like, I'm going to skate the bench with him just so it's like I'm not one of those kooks in the fucking peanut gallery. Yeah. So I'm like nose wheeling the bench and Jason Lee's filming me do it. And I'm like, it's not like a nose wheelie is a real trick for me, dude. I was like, don't worry about the filming. Keeps filming me and then he's kind of poking me. And then he's like, whoa, what is that? Try number 261 or something. And I'm like, hey, don't snap. It's Jason Lee. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) And he keeps going. He keeps prodding at me. And I'm just like, sounds good. So he did it one more time. I picked up my board, handed it over to him, like just handed it to him like a fucking gentleman. And I was like, well, let's see you do it, <laughs> Jason Lee. <laughs> and I use his full name. Like I'm like, let's see you do it. And I look at him, and he's just like, whoa. Everybody's like, oh. And I'm handing him the board. I'm like, let's see it. Then he didn't take the board. And I'm like, that's what I thought. <laughs> Damn. And then right after that, I skated away, and I was like, there goes that one. <laughs> Didn't get on stereo at all. Damn, you could have been a sound agent, Doug. Fuck, I'm so glad because stereo is whack, and I don't think it has gotten past. No, they restarted stereo, and what did they restart? Something to something to be super stagnant. <laughs> like just stop, stop it. <laughs> I think it still exists, right? Like, <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> Maybe they have another company though, and they're trying to like get better taxes or something by. You know, having another company run as a loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God oh. damn, yo. All right, so back in the day, you started the original Chateau Skatehouse in Vancouver because you didn't want to be a part of the dorm with Jeff Dermer. What's the story there? <laughs> well, it's not like I didn't want to be a part of the dorm. I mean, I, I kind of was just like, I just moved to Vancouver and I was full of fucking piss and vinegar. Like, I was like, okay, I think I can pull this off out here. Because I was like, at the time, I was like, skaters weren't that good, you know, like, I was like, okay, I thought this was going to be like Los Angeles or somewhere, every skater's dope or something, but like, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like that, and I was like, okay, I was like, there's a couple cool dudes, but like, there's like two good skaters, so I'm like, all right, so I'm just going to rip their whole ste off, and instead of like trying to figure out how I could move into that, I was like, why don't we just start our own shit, so we started our own little skate house. And it was well removed, and it was so shanty that I was just like, let's just, everything that sucks, let's put a positive twist on it. So we called it the Chateau, because that's castle in French. I guess you guys would know that. You're on the east, right? But yeah, so, I mean, uh, we started that one almost, like, out of fun spite. If that Does that make sense? Like, it was just like, you know what, we're just going to do this. Because we just came from Winnipeg, and we were no one's. 
But I was like, we're going to make some waves out here. So we started a cool little fucking skate house. And it wasn't just me. Like, I'm, I think I'm the guy that found the listing and did the dealings. But I think uh, this dude, Mason Cornwall, was involved. It was me, Mason Cornwall, who fucking good riddance, dude. <laughs> that guy was the worst. Yeah, it was me, Mason, and uh, Ryan McGuigan. And me and Ryan would smoke weed and, like, blow weed under the guy's door because he hated weed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you guys were the worst. <laughs> we were the worst. We drove him out. Oh, God. That's so- we did so many bad things, like burning Mike McCourt's pa- only pair of pants. Oh, my God. List some of the dudes who came through that house, because that was a pretty infamous house for a while there. Every single person. I feel like, have you not been through there? No. Never got out to Vancouver back then. Okay. I guess Wade Desarmo came out, Wade Fife. Both those dudes overcame their welcome, overstayed their welcome. But at the <laughs> same time, I let them know, so it was all G. Mike McCourt was there, and Mike rubbed me the wrong way one day. <laughs> and I was like, sounds good, homie. Before he woke up, I had his only pair of pants in the fireplace. <laughs> and then he's like, where's my pants? And I'm like, they're... They don't exist anymore. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Shit oh like that. God. Oh. Yeah, we were mean. I think we were mean. So to anybody who we were mean to, sorry, we've grown a couple years. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's as sincere as I'm going to get. I just want to say I'm sorry. Savage. I'm smirking as I'm saying that. Yeah. Wh- what was up? We heard that you put Wade's pasta dishes in his suitcase, too. Yeah, I did some nasty shit to his suitcase, that's right. Um, I don't think he was really being too uh, sound with taking direction. Because, I mean, Wade would leave a mess, and I'd be like, Hey, Wade, come on, you're staying here for free. Like, let's fucking, let's get your act together here. Help us clean up whenever we need to clean up. And there's one day he just looked at me. I was like, Hey, Wade, can can you help us fucking clean up here? He looked, He was playing video games, and he looked at me like this, kind of like, you know, like right out of the corner of his eye. And I was just like, was that a diss without words? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was. I was like, okay, sounds good. You stay put, Wade. You just stay fucking put. Uh, and then I think he had made another mess. And I was like, perfect. Here goes nothing. And I fucking threw, I threw some dishes that he left in his suitcase. And he was chapped. And that was it. He was like, I'm out. I'm like, that's what I'm getting at. Peace. <laughs> that was all she wrote. Like, that's it. He was not stoked. It's so funny hearing these stories because we were like too young to be in the know at the time, but we just saw the videos and you guys look like one big happy family in the North videos and shit. Meanwhile, you're burning each other's pants and shit. We kind of were, but dude, we were doing that. We were skaters. I mean, like, I feel like if you're a skater, you need to be up on some mischief otherwise you're kind of a bitch you know so like do this shit i I actually promote it like do some nasty shit if nasty fucking circumstances arrive then you get older i'm old now so i'm just like okay i know when to shut up i know when to not sounds like you're the bully the vancouver big bad boogeyman yo (laughs) i think i kind of was a bully back then (laughs) but fuck it i'm proud that was good i got shit done so uh, what made you want to uh, move back to Winnipeg? Seemed like you were crushing it in Vancouver. Mad parts, coverage coming out the ass. Why move back? Well, you know, I think it was an age thing. I think I was like 27 at the time. And I, I was thinking, I think uh, honestly, what a smart, I, I feel like I made the smartest decision ever where a lot of people try to hang on to the, the skating thing too long. 
where it's just like, hey, sure, I'm getting some money for this, but not that much money, and I'm not really getting anywhere other than the new trick that I want to do. Do you know I'm not getting fucking a ton of board royalties? I'm not getting a shoe with shoe royalties. So I was thinking, you know what? I think I have to start something new. I was like, yeah. I'm almost 30 years old. So I think what I want to do is go start a new little business and try my luck at doing something. I, wanted to, I was influenced by Peter Sullivan, and I worked at Supra, and he taught me a lot. I consider him my mentor. So he kind of like, he just, he was an example to me on, on how to, that you could be successful by like just doing something that you want to do. And in my head, I was like, I want to go to Winnipeg, start this store. And even if it fails, at least I can't blame anybody but myself. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I didn't want to pass the buck. I didn't want to pass the buck. And I figured during the time at Winni- in Winnipeg, the only store was Skate Skates. Right now they're run by res- respectable dude Colin Lambert. At the time, the dude wasn't respectable. His name was Janico. I don't even know how to say his last name. So I was like, you know what? This guy's blowing it. So I'm going to move into his territory and show him how it's done. And I believe we did that. And we've only had competition in the city until Colin kind of stepped up to the plate. So good for you, Colin. That's cool. Because me and him have a cordial relationship. That's dope, man. Yeah, a couple Winnipeg uh, OG skate gods. Hell yeah. I like skate god. I think that's funny. <laughs> Anything god at the end is good. Switch god, skate god. Hey, we're younger, man. We watched all your video parts growing up. You guys are all fucking the heavy hitters. team manager story about Paul Liliani. Let's hear it. Okay, so this is like what the, the whole deal about um, me going to visit him in Texas to stay with Guru. But let me just tell you about how I actually kind of got in touch with Paul in the first place. So I think, well, this is kind of going back. So I think Paul's actually older now because it wasn't like he YouTubed the video to me. It wasn't like a link. Like I actually got his disc so it was past cassette so i got his disc okay so i put paul's disc in and i'm just like holy fuck this kid is good as shit but he's like you know wearing rds shit i think some rds sent him a box or something like that and he was trying to get he was trying to get on super's whole deal like boards clothes shoes and at the time, the whole time actually that I was a team manager for Supra, which is Girl Chocolate, Pete wanted me to skate for Girl Chocolate, but I refused because I wanted to stay with Habitat. Yeah. And then he's like, "Well, you can't be the." He's like, "You can't be the team manager if you don't skate for Girl Chocolate." And I'm like, "Okay, sounds good." So I called his bluff, and he's like, "Okay, sounds good. You're the team manager." And I'm like, cool. <laughs> "So I'm the team manager for Girl Chocolate in Canada, but I'm skating for Habitat." I get Paul's disc in, and of course, I'm favor- every skater favors the board. You know, like, if you love your board sponsor, that's your soul. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I'm not telling nobody that I got this tape. So I fucking call Paul, and I'm like, hey, dude, honestly, here's the scoop. You send me another tape, or whatever, disc. I was like, this one, I'm just going to forward straight to fucking Alien Workshop. Basically, you're on Alien Workshop. So whatever boards you're riding right now, don't worry about it. But I'm going to get your new tape, and I'm going to get you on Lakai and Four Star. And he was like, uh, 
okay. <laughs> and I actually just made it work. So I sent the tape to Alien Workshop and I was like, you guys, you didn't even get this from me, word. And they're like, sounds good. So then I get his tape again and I'm like, whoa, Peter. I was like, this kid that skates for Alien Workshop is actually <laughs> fucking interested in Four Star and fucking Lakai. And uh, he was like, whoa, you should put him on then to go meet him. And I was like, that's the plan. So oh we, we went and met up together. It was kind of a twisted little plot. So uh, rest in peace, Peter. It wasn't any disrespect. You would have done the same thing. I think I just made a good move. And uh, it worked out how it should have worked out anyways. Yeah, that's an evil mastermind plan, but worked out for the best. Seriously. It worked. And honestly, if I can help Paul out, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't think he's got any links with Supra anymore, but uh, I think he still does with it. Does he still skate for Alien? Yeah. <laughs> does he, even, does he even care anymore? Paul, do you care? <laughs> Alien 2.0? I don't know. You know Paul. He falls in and out of love with skating, like, five times a year so we'll see what he's got up his sleeve for 2017 he's always good though like he'll always oh, yeah. pull it off paul's one of those guys that doesn't skate and then next thing you know he's doing something you never seen yeah yeah his section in uh his section in aliens last uh video was amazing it was short and sweet but he still got it i thought i think it could have been more amazing i i mean with how paul skates he could have fucking killed it way harder than he did you know it too paul it was Dees. I'll put it at that. Dees. <laughs> Paul had a Dees part in that video. Uh, not gonna, the realness. Eh? Not, not going to disagree with that. Paul's Mr. Potential, but he likes to uh, play tennis with me instead. He could have done better. I told him, he was like, you better talk some shit in this interview. And I was like, I am going to talk some shit. You might be one of the guys I'm going to talk shit on. <laughs> so last question before the rapid fire. What's next for Mike McDermott? I think I want to just make the shop doper and doper and doper, and that's that. Mm -hmm. And a skateboard video. And another skateboard video part. I'm going to come see you guys in Toronto for a couple months next year. Oh, right. hell yeah. Still. All right, yo. It's that time. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. Rapid fire with the ghost. Ants, get them guns ready, baby. <laughs> Favorite skater? Rick Howard. Favorite video? Virtual reality because it gets me the most stoked. Favorite video part? This one might not be my favorite video part, but I've never gotten so stoked in my life whenever I've watched Ave skate in the DC video. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Bobby DeKaiser. Favorite trick? It has to be a kickflip on flat, yeah. It's not like kickflip off anything, no kickflip on flat, yes. Hardest trick for you? A fucking frontside 180. I can't keep the board there. Frontside 180s, they're kind of whack. I feel like they're whack. That's why I can't do them. <laughs> <laughs> Most illegal trick? Okay, you know what? Uh, this, is, this is the wackest. So, you know, whenever people do the illusion hard flip, okay, that's whack. But when people do it nolly illusion, just irreputable, like not cool, can't happen. Nolly <laughs> hard flip, bad. But if it's nolly hard flip like Kareem Campbell style, that's chill. But if it's like uh, nolly hard flip, almost like Rick McCrank style, like that guy never had a good one. Dude. Damn, bro. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Switch backside lip slide at the hot spot in Vancouver. 
because I was, Ooh. that was like, me, me and Ryan just partnered up and like he filmed it, took me five days to do, never felt so fucking good in my life about that. So yeah, that trick was hard as shit. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed. Jason Crawley. We were all kind of like, kind of poking at him, like front board this, front board this rail because Crawley was the kind of guy that would, like you could just tell him anything and he would do it. Do you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. there was one day where I was just like, you need to front board this rail, like joking, like watch this guy's, haha, I bet you he tries it. <laughs> he fucking did it, like <laughs> nailed it. I don't know the spot, it's in a SBC, it's this big ass rail, there's like no run up. It's massive, and it's like got like an uphill landing kind of situation, and it shouldn't have been done, and he did it. Jason Crawley, legend. Worst bunt of your career? I think I went to the black double set in Vancouver one time, thinking that I could switch backside 180, and then I showed up and like <laughs> within fucking seconds, I was like, "Fuck this!" I didn't even try. I was just like, <laughs> "What's the one trick that got away?" You know that dinky little metal ledge that everybody loves skating in Barcelona? Yeah. It's like uh, the, it's like low. Tim O'Connor had some tricks on it. Yeah, 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 the metal you know one. It's like about, a theater right? or something, right? That's it. That's it. That Exactly. Okay, so there's one trip that I went on there where I was like, okay, I'm going to do a switch pop shove it, switch nose grind, fakey kickflip out in the middle on that ledge. And I tried it for days on end. Landed on it about 200,000 times and just couldn't fucking do it. Fuck. Had a fucking nervous breakdown. It was like, I think I gave my shoes away to some kid. I gave my board away to some kid and was like, you take this board. You see where it takes you, bud. I'm walking. I get <laughs> lost in Barcelona. Fucking shirtless. I ripped my shirt off. Fucking spazzed out. Okay, got lost, honestly. Nobody would even sell me shoes or a shirt because they were like, yeah, you're one of those kooks. <laughs> and I actually was one of those kooks. <laughs> and I finally found my place and was so bitter, I actually changed my plane ticket. I was like, I'm fucking out of here. I think two issues later in one of the Canadian magazines, I see Morgan Smith do it. And I was like, Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> what a fucking diss. <laughs> he didn't know, though. He didn't know that I'd, I'd try that. But if he did, fuck you. <laughs> 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 I, I know he didn't know, but if you did know, Morgan, fuck you, man. That sucks. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, harsh. Uh, yeah, that was in his, uh, his first blind fart. That was a dope clip. But I'm sorry to hear about your, uh, your mental breakdown. Oh, it would have been doper if I did it. <laughs> That's all. It would have been doper if I did it. I'm serious about that, too. That is not even joking. That's just <laughs> would have been dope if I did it. Guilty pleasure skater. I want to say Josh Casper. Because I really like seeing the shit that he flies off. <laughs> Josh Casper, who's the guy, the handrail guy back in the day? Daniel Haney. Josh Casper, Daniel Haney. Oh. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Haney, the worst fucking skater ever. Favorite local brand? Well, Green Apple. Favorite local skater? Aaron Rosenblatt. Favorite teammate ever? Travis Stanger. Worst company? Rex Footwear. Worst trend? Well, I mean, I grew up in the early 90s. Big pants, small wheels was kind of the worst trend. Worst style? Worst style is uh, Ariel Stagny. Oh. <laughs> That's a pretty crazy God. one. Damn. <laughs> Savage. Or Scotty McDonald. He's, oh. He was fucking horrible. Oh, I wanted to kill him on a skateboard. That guy sucked. Yeah, Scotty McDonald. No, honestly, fucking Scotty McDonald had the worst style ever. I couldn't believe that he even skated. I, if I were him, I would have just not even tried ever. 
That's that. God damn. Last person you want on the sesh. Scotty McDonald. <laughs> Seriously, we're gonna have to keep it with that. Like that guy rubbed me the wrong way one time, so I was like, nah. Scotty McDonald, I don't ever want him on a skateboard session, ever. One more thing, yo. Sh- shout yeah. out to Rod Ferens, yo. Big fans. Hell yes, shout out to Rod Ferens. It is a damn shame that this interview has to come to an end. We don't want it to, but my man, thank you so much for coming by, dude. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Hammer time. Mick D, anytime, yo. All right. Well, fuck, hey, pleasure was all mine. We'll get a session or two this summer. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to come out there and party with you guys. Skate and have a good time. Hell yeah. All right, let's get it. All right, boys. All right, peace. y'all sadly the good homie mcd is gone but you know what time it is that means we getting into the post office brought to you by our good friends at time bomb trading this week we talking the brand new collection coming from stance socks the legends of metal my three favorite bands of all time slayer motorhead iron maiden what more could you ask for Stance's Legends of Metal collection pays tribute to the first albums of the world's most idolized bands Slayer, Iron Maiden, and Motorhead during a time when their unpredictable and unfiltered behavior was about to lead them to heavy metal immortality. The Legends of Metal socks come athletically ribbed with Terry Loop in the forefoot, heel, and toe for medium cushion, arch support, reinforced heel and toe, and always seamless toe closure. Stance socks, the only way. You've got mail. <laughs> All right, y'all, speaking of Slayer, the people were coming at the ghost this week. Could be some beef upcoming in the post office. First up, we got an email from Peter Curry. Yo, what's up, dudes? I'm new to the bun and been catching up on all the episodes while riding the dusty-ass Montreal Metro. Just wanted to say what's up, and I peep save his part from Stuck Up Kids. It's twisted, yo. He didn't catch mine. But uh, is it still considered a two-part song if it's only three minutes? <laughs> Just kidding. You rip. Look forward to new episodes. Hashtag 2017 Dunk Challenge. First of all, Peter Curry. <laughs> no relation to Steph. Oh, hell no. This guy can't shoot for shit, I can tell. By his email, Steez. You're, you're flustered right now, bro. You don't know what to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, in the ADD era we live in now, you know, 15 seconds used to be an Instagram part. <laughs> Now a minute's apart, so you know I'm I'm putting out three minutes. Yo, that's fucking like three parts these days. I should have thrown a third track in there, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm gonna just decide to focus on the one part of your email where you said you rip. So you know what, Peter, we cool. Thanks, dog. Thanks for watching my part. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for glossing over Donald's snoozer of a part two. What? You on my side, dog. Peter Curry. The only way. Stop saying that. <laughs> what do you mean gloss over my part? Come on, Pert. Uh, whoa. Come on, Peter. All right, next up, we got an email from Mike Henry. Yo, what up? So from time to time, a part comes out where it seems like the entire skating world comes to a standstill in awe. And the question is, yo, did you see that? Insert trick here. Seems to be all anyone talks about sometimes, even still to this day. 
For example, Chris Cole's tray flip down Wallenberg and New Blood. So my question to you guys is, what was the most unforgettable ender to you? So we're definitely going to have to dig back in time a little bit because I don't remember anything that's happened in the last couple years. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Shorty's video, Guilty, Lil B, cruising up the Carlsbad Gap when it was still a ting. You know, hit the crack, got a little wobbly for a second, and then you know what? Bang, switch hard flip right in the grill, rolling away, no problem. My dog, Lil B, switch hard, Carlsbad Gap. Ain't forgetting that one. That is some truth talk, yo, right there. What? I must try to stop saying real talk is all the time, every <laughs> other word. Truth talk. I definitely agree. Lil B, that was an in, insane thing at the time. Right, yo, for my ender of sin, I'm going to go back to Dark Star Battalion, you feel me? One of my favorite skaters of all time. The man himself, Galia Mamalu, broke out the nollie heel back lip. Big time moves for the time. I think it was the first one. I think it was called big time moves. <laughs> I think it was the first one. So flawless. Back to regs. You buttering someone up to come on the show or what? Like a boss, yo. Oh, Galia? <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that one. Stay. All right, moving on. Next up, we got an email from Christopher Lefebvre. Gentlemen, I think you've mentioned. Some of the pods you've looked up to or modeled some of uh, the bunt after. But are there any pods that you've been riding with since the start and feel like you know the host because you never miss an ep and in a sense grew up with them? Pods that we modeled this shit after and inspired us to start this podcast 100%. Jalen and Jacoby. Listen to them every day. Uh, other than that, I get down with uh, First Take. I get down with Vlad's Couch interviewing uh, rappers. Undisputed, I get down with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. But uh, I'd say my, my top two, Jalen Jacoby and the big podcast with Shaq, because I listened to that one since its inception, like just over a year ago. And they put me on their, their show a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <clears throat> I sent them a voice clip and I made Shaq laugh, yo. Turn up. Shouts to me. Ha <laughs> ha. Love you, Shaq. I don't know what he's showing to you, bro. Um... Yeah, I definitely don't just want to tell you the same exact podcast that uh, Safe did because Safe is the one who put me on the podcast. So listening to all the same ones as him pretty much, except I miss, mixed in uh, Hockey Central at Noon Ting. You know, us Canadians got to keep up with that hockey news. As far as growing up with them, I think podcast pretty new, so I can't uh, really relate to it in that sense. But someone in the sports game I've definitely grown up with is the man, Donald S. Cherry, a.k.a. Grapes. Been watching that lunatic on uh, Hockey Night in Canada since I was a little ute, so definitely grew up with Donald, that's for sure. I think he's funny, yo. Rock him, sock him, baby. Let's get it. All right, next up, we got an email from Adam Kolovecchia. <laughs> it's Kolovecchia. Whatever, man. This dude sounds like a kook. <laughs> All right. What's really good, Studio E? As the skateboarding world's source for sports, your boys got to know, what's your favorite sports game? I've been fucking with NHL 17 heavy while I wait for this slush to melt. Y'all better hide the women and children, because you know I'll be barn burning niggies on this online tip still. Hey, yeah, you got jokes, eh? You think you're funny and shit, eh? <laughs> Shout out Weston Crew from Vaughn, Ontario. Keep up this ill shit. You fools be lighting up my earbuds every week. I don't know if you guys seen this dude, Matt Babel, that used to be the VJ on Much Music. But Google that shit, because Safe out here looking like that Niki's ugly little brother. Hey, hey, 
Yo, Adam, you talking shit, eh? You come in all nice, supporting your boys and shit, lighting up your ears every week, and then you gonna come at me like that? Yo, Bredgen, I had to peep you on Facebook real quick, Adam Kolovachias, whatever the fuck your name is. Yo, nice display pic doing a half cab heel with your legs all busted up. Oh, fucking two, two inches off the ground. And your boy, Daljot Bola, comments. <laughs> Bro, did you even land it? Yo, I'd like to know too, because your fucking, your whole stance looks all fucked up, B. It's your Baker board having ass. Yeah, first of all, half cab heel on flats ain't going to be easy. Ain't going to be a good looking photo either way, bro. <laughs> And when you hit it with the money bag caption, I don't know, bro. Uh, but to get to your question, you know, I ain't got no problem with these emails. You coming at the ghost. It's all in good fun, man. I love it. Send us the next one next week if you want. I remember Matt Babel, him and Seifa, you know. I, I, see where he, I see where it comes off. Yeah, I don't mind the comparison at all, but his ugly little brother? The fuck? Yo, Deg, y'all half got heel over your head. Oh, and I'm not even oh. good at that trick. Wow, where, where'd that it. line come from? <laughs> Grant Patterson. <laughs> all right, but th- let's get to his question. We don't got all day to cut the guy up. Be clear, we can't half cab heel. Yo, I'm going old school. My favorite uh, sports game was NHL 98. A couple of my homies listening, they know this kid on the computer. Used to run things with the New Jersey Devils, yo. Peter Sakura, Scott Stevens, <laughs> you going. know what I'm saying? Uh, Martin Broder. <laughs> we out more. here, blood. We out more. here. Fuck that one guy who came to the Leafs. No, when the he was fast dusty. guy on defense, bro. The little guy. You got him. Fuck. Scott. Niedermeyer. Oh, With the speed. Yo, Adam, come to T dot any day. I'll slap you in skate, and then I'll slap you in real life. <laughs> Just kidding, bro. Keep them emails coming. Jeez. All right. Next up, we got an email coming up from Slave to the Curb. Ooh, a little anonymous ting, eh? <laughs> What's up, the bunt? I'm curious to know if there's going to be an interview with the people's champ, Travis Stanger, in the near future. Keep the good pod going. You guys nail it every week. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate emails from pe- kind people like that instead of these motherfuckers coming at me left, right, and center. I know. You'd think that, that Adam would come up with the anonymous name, you know? Yeah, no, no. It's all good. He put him- Yo, everyone Google this Adam Niggy's half cab heel, yo. 13 likes, probably all <laughs> other accounts he made. Why you gotta kill the guy? All right, Travis Stanger, all I gotta say is one thing, man. Trust the process, dog. We gonna get to everyone. Stanger is very high on the list. We're trying to reach out. Don't hold your breath, but we definitely trying to get Stanger on one of these days. You smell me? On that note, that's a wrap, yo. Let's move on from the post office still. Yo, holla at your boys with them voice notes, man. We we back in the 17th century on that email tip these days. Whipping a coin. Y'all know what it is. It's time for the rundown. The skateboard world source for sports and the skateboard world source for Tom Brady news. <laughs> and we got lots of it this week. <laughs> Yo, championship weekend. Had my hopes up for some barn burners. But, you know, they were just one-sided games. A couple blowouts. But, yo, that Super Bowl's finna pop the hell off. You smell me? 
First game we had Green Bay going up against Atlanta. I unfortunately got stuck with Aaron Rodgers, the so-called bad man. <laughs> they got their asses whooped down there in Atlanta, 44 to 21. You know, Savis' prediction was right. I told y'all. I told y'all. Donald thought I was going to go pick Aaron Rodgers for some reason. I ain't even a fan. I just knew he was too hot and he was going to take down them rookie Cowboys. But, you know, Matt Ryan, too many options on offense. Everyone knew that was going to be a barn burner for the Falcons, at least. <laughs> yeah, this game was over quick. Crosby coming off two clutch 56-yard field goals in a row. Shanks a goddamn 20-yard thing. I, I, I was sick to my stomach after the first kick. Then they marched right back down the field. You know, everything was going well. About to be a barn burner. Rip, Ripkowski or whatever his name is fumbles and... Uh, that was pretty much the game after that. If Atlanta's scoring on every possession and you missed out on the first two, sayonara. So rap is a fact, yo. So we got Atlanta moving on. And in the other game, you know, this is where my New England Patriots went up against Safa's Pittsburgh Steelers. This one wasn't close either. 36-17. Lev Bell caught a whiff of what was coming. Bowed out in the first quarter, you know. Said his groin hurt, but... His groin wasn't hurting, bro. He just didn't want to. He just didn't want to look like a fool like Big Ben and the rest of them. That game was whack as hell. I officially disowned the Steelers yesterday. You could probably tell by my tone in weeks past. Big Ben Roethlisberger has been pissing me off all year from fantasy. So before the season started and before I even watched the NFL, I I jumped on the Steelers wagon. Well, I'm off it officially. I've been over them pretty much since week four, but. You know, it's official these days. Y'all know I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, yo. Next season is going to pop off, yo. Ha ha. Oh, yeah, pop off, eh? You know, this, this don't come as a surprise to me. The best quarterback coach combo ever. Billy Belichick and Tommy Brady headed to their seventh Super Bowl together. You know, that's better than 28 other teams in the league. How sad is that, man? That don't sound right, does it? That's the definition of greatness, yo. Oh, say that again? Definition of greatness. Dog, this ain't LeBron. I'm not like a Patriots hater. Oh, it I, seems like it sometimes. Got, well, just because you're cheering for them, it's fun to cheer against you. I got nothing against the Patriots. I don't know enough about the NFL to actually hate. If y'all watch this game, and, and we did, and I called it right before the game, I knew this one Nigi was going to pop. What's his name? Uh, Mr. Hogan. Mr. Who? Mr. Hogan. You might remember him, Calvin, because he burned your ass too. Chris Hogan out here looking like the white Julio Jones. 180 yards and two TDs. Yo, New England versus Atlanta. The Super Bowl is about to be crazy. We about to flip a coin to see who gets first pick. So, all right, bust out the coin. Actually, <laughs> I'm just fucking playing. You want Atlanta? You oh. happy with Atlanta? Oh, dog. We ain't got... If, if you're giving me first pick, you know what time it is. Matt Ryan, we doing this, dog. Ain't no defense can step to the Falcons. And I'm sorry, but Mr. Roger Goodell, his corrupt ass ain't trying to hand Tom Brady no Super Bowl MVP. They're going to do whatever they can. You know what I'm saying? Slip them refs. 500K each. Get a little 15-yard penalty here there. Make it pop. It's a wrap. Falcons, Super Bowl 51. Champions! proud of yourself after that let me tell you one thing you're talking about paying off the refs we're talking about roger Kraft. the Kraft family probably got more money than everyone i don't even know what to say 
I'm at a loss for words. I was going to hedge my bets and maybe take Atlanta on the show, you know, and then cheer for New England off the show. But fuck it. You know I'm an all-in fan. <laughs> it's Tom Brady and the gang. We going down to Houston. Y'all, bro. Whew. Houston's been waiting to see some good quarterbacks. They've been waiting for a game down there, and they going to get one, bro. All right, y'all. We about to slide over to the association. We're going to hit y'all with a couple quick notes, and then we're going to bang out the starting rosters for the NBA All-Star teams. First bit of news fucking pissed me right off. Chris Paul, fresh off his fucking mad swearing. You can tell I'm cheese. Fresh off his knee injury, comes back, plays a couple nice games. You know, D. Jones makes a, makes a nice move for him in the fantasy basketball league. What do you know? Jams his thumb. The man's gone six to eight weeks. It's a thumb surgery thing out here. The Clippers are about to free fall. I think they've got a couple more games without Blake or CP, but Blake's probably coming back this week. Uh, but he'll probably come back slow. So, yeah, expect the Clippers to drop a couple spots. And, yo, we going to have the Utah Jazz of all teams in the fourth seed. So that's pretty hype to see. I, I got mad love for that young squad. Another little bit of injury news. Something me and you were more than happy to see. The man... Rudy Gay goes down, season-ending injury. I mean, the Sacramento Kings looked like they might squeeze into that last playoff spot there. What does this do to their chances? They got no chances, man. They can't <laughs> keep it together. Uh, who knows how many more games Boogie Cousins is going to miss this year because of random off-the-court shit and suspensions. And Donald made us sound like terrible humans. Both of us are devastated for Rudy Gay, the person. It's just that this clown in our fantasy league owned Rudy Gay so that's why you know fantasy, for fantasy purposes we're uh, laughing about him being done for the season but as NBA fans that's obviously terrible Achilles injuries take a year to come back from or so and um, it's a contract year for him as well I think he's 30 uh, so it's shitty, super shitty for Rudy Gay the terrible time for him I think he uh, he's lucky enough to have a, a player option on his contract yeah so. He's definitely sticking around Sacramento. And it's funny because before the season started, he told the Kings, he's like, I want out. He would have got paid too. I don't think he would have got paid that much, man. He would have got paid, but he wouldn't. 70 like, mil. Yeah, but he 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 thinks he's like this elite a guy. He, player. He's kind of a an ISO like relic in the league. He's not he hasn't really adjusted to this new pace and space NBA. He's not a great three-point shooter. And he loves to ISO, so, you know, he's like DeMar DeRozan, but like three notches shittier. That's some truth talk. <laughs> uh, on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant dropping 81 points on our Toronto Raptors, the LA Lakers played the Dallas Mavericks, a game you'd think they could probably win. They couldn't even put up 80 as a goddamn team. <laughs> They lost 122 to 73, the worst deficit in franchise history of 49 points. And uh, you know, rebuilding teams have their ups and downs, but it's a pretty big down for your baby Lakers. Oh, that, I'm glad I didn't watch that one. We were busy watching uh, the NFL, but that's a <laughs> a slap in the face to the baby to the baby Lakers. A wake up call, I hope. D'Angelo Russell is out for a week or two with an MCL sprain, but you know what? The Mavs aren't as bad as their record. They're starting to put some wins together. They've just had a lot of injuries. That's not an excuse for the Lakers, but they're probably the youngest team in the West, and shit like that's going to happen, you know? One more thing before we get into the all-star rosters. 
Boogie Cousins cannot catch a goddamn break out there. He's in a close game against Chicago, fighting for a playoff spot. Just lost Rudy Gay. And they call the worst foul call I've ever seen. What can this guy do, man? He can start acting more professional and stop calling out the refs at every, op at every opportunity he gets, calling out media members, calling out his teammates. The man's a legit bully. It's, it's known around the league. He's a head case. So he does himself no favors, man. Do you see? He, he mocked the refs after that game. So what incentive does that give the refs, even though they're supposed to call the game straight? If you hate someone, and I'm sure half the refs or maybe all the refs hate DeMarcus Cousins, they don't, they're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And that's what a lot of big calls come down to in those situations. If you see Dwayne Wade miss a dunk, you assume he got fouled. He's Dwayne Wade, but he's actually old and it was the end of a game and he was tired as hell and he just didn't <laughs> jump high enough. Boogie put his hand on his butt, even though it wasn't a foul. Hey man, you reap what you sow, man. You talking shit all the time. I got no love for DeMarcus Cousins. Reap what you sow. Love it. All right, that's gonna hit. Uh, that's gonna end the quick hits. I really have to stop saying "I." Right. I'm gonna work on my vocab for episode seven. Vocab? It's actually vocabulary. Yeah, short form, bro. It's 2017. <laughs> no one says real shit. <laughs> Truth talk. All right, starting for the East, we have Toronto's very own Demar Derozan. Then you got a couple Cavaliers, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. Then we're gonna hit it up. Giannis Attentacumpo, boom, nailed it. Finish it up with Jimmy Butler. Who do you have on and who do you have off the list? This time around, I don't think DeMar DeRozan should be a starter. He's 100% uh, an all-star, but I think Kyle Lowry is the engine behind our team. I just think Kyle Lowry's the best Raptor. I think he should be starting. Then Kyrie Irving, I don't think should be starting either. LeBron James is a no-brainer. Giannis, so hyped for him. Also a no-brainer this year. And then we got Jimmy Butler. I don't really have a problem with that. They don't have as many wins. So, but he's also doing everything for that team. He's putting up ridiculous stats this year. So if, if it was up to me, I'd have Kyle Lowry at the guard spot. I'd also have Isaiah Thomas over Kyrie at the guard spot, doing tremendous things for Boston. LeBron James, Giannis, and I would also put a hawk on there. I might go Paul Millsap over Jimmy Butler. They're fourth in the East and they're killing it. All right, and in the West, we have the clock, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, worst player on the list, Steph Curry, James Harden, Anthony Davis. Guy switches there. A lot of people <laughs> were tripping because Westbrook wasn't named a starter. Uh, I don't have a problem with that because I cannot take Harden off the team. They're third in the West, and his numbers are almost just as insane, if not better, less, uh, same amount of turnovers, more or less, but uh, shooting more efficiently, better record. And then what, you're, you're not taking Steph Curry off that list either. Yes, he's scoring less points per game uh, and shooting slightly worse, but they're number one by a long shot. The Thunder don't have enough wins, so I'm, I'm okay with Kawhi. Kevin Durant's a no-brainer, Kawhi's a no-brainer. Curry and Harden, I keep them in there over Westbrook. Uh, obviously, Westbrook's an all-star. But uh, the only one that I would switch is Anthony Davis. They're not in the playoffs. Marcus Saul, through an insane amount of injuries to um, Memphis, has kept them in a playoff spot, and he's putting up career highs in points uh, and just killing it across the board. I would throw Marcus Saul in there. 
who has his team in the seventh or sixth seed right now uh, over Anthony Davis, who's putting up monster numbers, but has missed a handful of games and they're not in the playoffs. Those are my changes. One thing that pisses me off when guys are talking about Curry, they always refer to his numbers as worse than last year. Well, I obviously they're going to be worse than last year. It's a goddamn historic year the guy had, probably the best shooting year ever. Just because they're a little worse, they're still spectacular. Last year was one of a kind. Even if Kevin Durant didn't come to the Warriors, I highly doubt that Curry would have been able to top what he did last year. It was insane. All right, y'all. It's time to stick a fork in this goddamn episode because we done. Big shouts to McDermott. Thanks for coming on and cracking us up for a good hour straight. Shouts to Time Bomb. Shouts to Vans. Yo, it's on and popping, yo. The halfway point, baby. Let's go. Yeah, big shouts to Adam Colvecchia and your half cab heels. Keep <laughs> doing you, my dog, and sending him them emails. Yeah, and come to T-Dot. Step to me, He's eh? from T-Dot. Peace, y'all. Vaughn. <laughs> That's Toronto's. Fuck Vaughn. <laughs>